guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti, and I'm just going to cut right to the chase. Tonight's episode is about magic. It's a very magical episode, <laughs> and I don't mean, you know, magic in like the, the Houdini, you know, like uh, crazy sense of the word. It's like magic that we find in our day-to-day lives and how sometimes we can get to feeling like it's lost and we've somehow you know lost it along the way of fledging or forging rather this path for ourselves you know and you know doing all the quote-unquote right things and making the right choices and building ourselves into these adults that we are and kind of feeling like in doing so we've kind of lost this element of magic that we had and we experienced when we were younger and when we were a little bit just more naive and didn't quite understand how harsh and cold this world can be sometimes and so I'm going to be talking about the magic that I've once I once felt how you know maybe I've I lack a little bit of it now and then also kind of how to gain it back how to you know gain that perspective back and really just see your world in your life as more magical than you know it might seem because I think we get into these moods where we're just so cynical and we just think that everyone's out to get us everything's going wrong you know we always you know we get overwhelmed and there's some days where we start out you know feeling great and then all of a sudden you're like like miserable I don't know like this morning I woke up feeling great I went to the gym this morning for work you know I've been getting into this routine of trying to exercise before work because after work is kind of my time to make podcasts make videos you know work on my other stuff so I don't really have time to work out after work and I was getting really stressed out about having to fit in my workouts so I realized that waking up just like an hour earlier which isn't fun but like it is you feel good like, believe me, I do feel pretty good after I'm working out. And every, you know, every step I take on the treadmill, I'm like, you know, every little jog, minute of jogging, I'm like, I am lapping the people that are still in bed right now. So it's a great feeling. And I was feeling great. And then I got to work and I was still feeling great, you know, happy to be there, whatever. I like my job, as, as you guys know. But like around three o'clock, I was like, wow, my life is so, <laughs> so bleak right now. I'm tired. I'm hungry. I just want to go home, you know. So I, I feel like in every, you know, the... There's the days you feel great, the moments you feel like you're like on cloud nine, and then, you know, the next moment you feel like the world is just being ripped out from under you and everything's going wrong. And not to say that's how I felt per se today, but you know what I'm talking about. It's like we we almost look back on all the the beautiful, fun, exciting, carefree moments that we experienced, you know, ten years ago, five years ago, five minutes ago, and we're almost like damn, like, what What happened to me? You know, why am I, like, why do I feel like I've lost, like, all the magic has been squeezed out of my life, and I'm like, I literally have none left, and there's nothing, you know, to look for anymore, because, you know, I feel like that often, you know, I, especially in things that I dwell on, which, as we know, there's certain key themes in my life that I seem to always be thinking about, always talking about, especially, you know, being in my early 20s in New York City. I feel like New York is very romanticized, and it's a very romantic place where people are constantly trying to find their significant other and whatever, so it's always, you know, a very very key theme that's on my mind, of course. Um, but as we know, I'm very picky, so that, you know, it doesn't really pan out usually for me in the long run, but... You know, I, I was thinking the other day about how I think I've actually mentioned this this theme in the in a podcast before, but like how I used to like go to bed at night, like daydream, like thinking, you know, of like imagining like a scene like in high school 
you know, for example, I remember like guys in my class that I thought were cute. I would like, you know, build them up in my head. And then like as I was dozing off, you know, at night, I would like think about like, oh, like let's let's imagine like a scene where he like finally asks me out, you know, and like that it never happened. In my four years, there's like certain key cute guys. And the funniest part now is like the guys that I thought were literally like like a Greek god equivalent are like sliding in my dms now like i'm like nope you had your chance sorry (laughs) but you know you know what i mean though it's like we have these like these like daydreams we daydreamed we let ourselves daydream so much more i feel like i mean i'm generalizing but like for me at least i can speak from experience like i used to daydream and just romanticize my life so much and now i've almost had like just such a such a heavy dose of reality that I feel like I, I just don't do that anymore. I'm so much more rational now, which is like a blessing and a curse, mostly a curse because it, you know, I feel like it, it almost kind of transcends to like my creativity has kind of been sucked out of me. Like I just recently invested in some, you know, colored pencils and I'm staring at them right now, my crayons and colored pencils from, um, from what's the Blick Blick that's a store um the craft store in New York and I just like reinvested but I hadn't picked up a colored pencil you know as you know I I love doodling if you follow me on Instagram you'd know that I'm like I'm have a little like hobby of doodling and I just like haven't even picked up a pencil you know in a year probably almost a year you know because I just feel like when when you feel that the magic has been sucked out of your life you kind of lose the energy you just feel like you you have such limited energy as it is because we're all just just tired bags of bones you know sucking down coffee every three hours and so you kind of you feel like you lose the energy to even express yourself sometimes which is so sad and it's like actually scary that I'm even like admitting this right now but anyway tonight I'm gonna be discussing magic and I've written quite a few pages in my notebook um, because I was traveling this past weekend so of course you guys know when I travel there's always time for me to journal which is great but then I like kind of lose like my train of thought easily during these episodes because I'm like reading what I wrote and like trying to decipher what I was talking about um but you know the key theme like what I wrote actually like at the top of each page was where has the magic gone because as I said you know we get older and we feel like it's almost just you know we're we're so realistic to a fault you know and we we don't let ourselves live sometimes we do like in small doses and then we get hung over and you know the rest is history but you know I I wrote this one entry about my first time in New York City so uh, I was a teenager I think I was like 17 the first time I came to New York not with my parents so I came when I was younger but I don't quite remember it and my parents you know aren't huge city people so I didn't come more than once I came like when I was seven I think we saw Wicked it was great and all but the first time that I came by choice to the city I was about 17 years old and it was actually around the time where I was starting my YouTube channel so I was um, actually here meeting with my future manager um, who's no longer my manager but she kind of traded off the company to my current management I've been with them ever since so basically the first time I was here you know it was the first time that I kind of experienced the dose of, of New York, of Manhattan, and, and you know, the, the electric energy of this place. And it initially, you know, was what pretty much inspired me to move here post-grad. So that's, that's a lot of the reason why I'm here is because of these, you know, immediate, the immediate energy that I felt and how excited I was to be here. So I was here when I was 17, and it was actually, it's funny because I was here with a bunch of other YouTube girls, other other influencers before we even called it an influencer, and 
you guys would die if I told you exactly who. I'm not going to because it's not a big part of the story. But, like, these girls are now, like, living, like, as full-time influencers, you know, down the path that I didn't go because I, you know, insisted on going to college and whatever, which is my own thing, you know. Um, But we were here, and I just remember this one night, we were at this meeting or, like, a dinner meeting type thing, um, all of us in the management company. And... It's so funny because my, my mom was actually here because I was, you know, 17. So she was like, I'm going with you. If you're going to New York, I'm going with you because we're from Maryland. So she, you know, I insisted on her standing like at least three feet behind me at all times. Like she could not be like next to me because my friends could not know. My new internet friends could not know that my mom was here. Like it was just, no. I was like, nope, not happening. So my mom like trailed like three feet behind me at all times. And this one dinner, she actually didn't come. I think she was there with my with my aunt or something. So they like went out to dinner and I went out with all my friends and I felt like, I felt like I was like 23, like as I am now. I was like, I'm so old and so mature. I'm like literally 17, didn't even know what a fake ID was. Like, that sort of thing. I was a naive child. Um, and I was, you know, we went to this dinner and I just remember coming out and we were heading to our hotel. Um, we were all staying like, at the same hotel and we walked out and I remember like, you know, hailing a taxi and it was just the most exciting thing. We were in Times Square guys, like in the dead center of Times Square, which I would never even be caught. I wouldn't be caught dead there now because Times Square is just like a freaking mess. It's, I mean, it's a place that you go if you've never been and when you're visiting, like, obviously you need to, like, get a taste of it. It's like any other really congested touristy place, but it's just, it's a lot. But at the time, I was looking at the lights, I was looking at the, you know, just feeling the energy all around me and I was like, this is, like, the place to be, you know? And it's funny how that magic has just disintegrated, um, you know, the, the magic of Times Square in my mind. So that's, like, just one example. But I remember we were hailing a cab and this like it was it was so like just like of any car it could have been this is what it would have you know this is just makes sense it's like a movie it it was like okay my life is literally a movie because this car it was a like a convertible type car cherry red convertible I kid you not pulls up next to us like as we're hailing a cab and we're a bunch of like 17 year old girls like well-dressed you know for the night and then like we were cute you know cute little girls and this car is full of guys and they, you know, they're about our age, like a little bit, honestly, a little bit older probably. And they pull up and they're like, you know, what are you guys doing tonight? And I was like, this does not happen to me normally. This is crazy. Like this is this, I've literally, my, my blood was pumping so fast. I was like, oh my gosh, like this is just, you know, my blood was pumping. My heart was beating. That's what I meant to say. You know, whatever. doesn't matter. I was worked up nonetheless you know I just remember that you know like the bright lights around it was like just so exciting and of course we were like oh like you know we're going out we're like you know lying to these guys like saying we were going somewhere better than just our hotel rooms to get in our pajamas but you know it was just that I just will never forget this like it's it's ingrained in my memory you know this just very chance encounter and like you know who's to say I have no idea where these guys are now. Do I, you know, pass them on the street? I don't know, like, you know, and they're like in a different phase of their lives. And obviously all of us, you know, are in a different phase of our lives. And it's like, we all just kind of fanned out and are doing our own thing now, obviously. And so, but, you know, I'll never forget that moment of just like, you know, the excitement, like the giddiness of just not knowing what to expect and, you know, turning around and everything being, you know, different every second you look everywhere, you know, in the city. And and that's a, a part of the reason why I came here post-grab was because I was, you know, I was getting really, I mean, college was great, but I, I got in this like really 
this funk towards the end of it where I was just kind of just so cynical and hating everything and you know feeling like I didn't deserve or maybe I did deserve you know everything that was happening everything bad that happened to me and that didn't happen to my friends or you know I was just becoming such a hater and such like a just negative person to be around and so in you know in hopes to restore you know the the magic you know I I moved here and I really don't regret it at all obviously but there is a different sort of energy that I feel here now versus when I didn't really know the place as as well, you know? And so now that I know it, it's kind of like the magic has kind of peeled back a little bit, but not in a bad way. I just see things more clearly now. It's like, I don't, I don't, I don't know, but I feel like that's about, you know, that's in regards to everything that I, I experience now. Like every, you know, first date, every this, everything that used to be just so, you know, shrouded in mystery is now so much clearer and I actually was reading this book I'm reading this book called um it's called the rules of civility and I actually don't remember the author's name but he also wrote a gentleman in Moscow or the gentleman in Moscow I don't know the actual title um I haven't read that book yet but he also I think his name starts with an a um whatever doesn't matter you guys can google rules of civility and it'll come up and basically it's a book written about New York which is very cool it's a very awesome storyline I really really am into it I'm halfway through I've been reading it for a week um but on page 114 if you happen to have it handy um there's this passage that I was just like okay this this correlates so perfectly with my episode so I'm gonna read it um so it says here was a young girl drinking champagne in a new dress headed for the rainbow room under the circumstances, you'd think she'd be giddy, but there was nothing giddy about Eve. Giddiness implies a certain element of surprise. A giddy girl can't tell what's happening next. She senses that it might be something marvelous, that it might happen at any moment, and this mix of mystery and anticipation lightens her heart. And that's just like a little passage, but I could not help but think about how similar that is to the story I just told and also just my life at the moment, you know, and how, you know, a giddy girl, like I, you know, I've been giddy in many elements, many, you know, milestone moments of my life. And I feel like now, you know, do I wake up in the morning feeling giddy? Not really. And that's kind of heartbreaking to me. I feel like this episode is headed down a very uh, depressing path. So I'm going to reel it in here. And, you know, just kind of talk about why, like, you know, why, why if we feel that we don't feel giddy anymore we don't feel like there's any magic left like you know why do we still you know continue down the same paths why do we still live our lives you know and do the same sort of things you know on the weekends and after work and you know as much as I try to spice things up just you know keep things different and you know as exciting as it is still I you know I don't want to you know, I don't want you guys to think that, you know, living in New York now versus when I used to visit here, you know, I, I feel any less excited about this place because, you know, as much as, you know, I'm talking to my friends and some of my friends are already entertaining, you know, the West Coast and moving other places and it, you know, it it's, gets me thinking about it and gets me thinking about, you know, if I could be happier somewhere else and, you know, I, I definitely give it thought. But I think, you know, right now it's it's not the place it's just me like I feel like something like in my being is just preventing me from finding the magic in my day-to-day because I think that you know you can be in like the most I mean maybe not the most but you could be in like more unfortunate circumstances and just you know down on your luck and 
you can still like if you have the courage somewhere in you you can find magic no matter where you are you don't have to be in new york you don't have to be in paris or any crazy exotic expensive place to you know you don't have to get on a plane tomorrow you don't have to i think that you know and i have the conviction that you can find magic in your day-to-day but i think the issue guys the issue that we face and that we're dealing with right now it's it's either we feel that we we can't let ourselves find that magic because we're just scared of the uncertainty of it. Because, you know, as it just as I just read in, you know, the passage from that book, it's like, you know, a giddy person, it, you know, there's there's still an element of surprise. There's still an element I'm rereading what I wrote. Um, you know, I wrote down I literally guys, I wrote word for word, you know, what was on the page of the book because I knew I'd lose the book. I don't know where it went. It's in my suitcase, I think. But um, you know, it says giddiness implies a certain element of surprise. And it's almost like, you know, the part of us that hates surprises because, you know, maybe maybe there isn't in you, but there's a part of me that, like, just hates the unknown, you know, almost prevents us from finding the magic now because also there's a lot more to lose now, you know? I think when we were younger and, you know, living under our parents' roof or, you know, still had all these choices we could make, you know, at the time when I was really, you know, doing the bulk of my daydreaming in high school, I hadn't even chosen a college yet. I didn't even know what my my major was going to be. I didn't know what my job was going to be, you know, and I had so many more in my head, I thought, and I I, I definitely did. Not everyone has the same privilege, but I had so many more choices to make, you know, and I had so many more directions that my life could go in. And, you know, it's not to say that I, I couldn't change my mind tomorrow and do something completely different and whatever, but it just feels like sometimes that I had way more choices back then. And there was way more, you know, way more living to do. And, you know, that's depressing because I'm literally 23. So there's plenty more living to do. But for whatever reason, I feel that there's a lot more to lose now if I fail, you know, than back in high school, because it was almost like you were encouraged to fail. You know, I changed my major three times, twice, almost three times. And so, you know, you're kind of encouraged to make mistakes and, and learn from them. But now it's like, oh, can I still make mistakes and learn? Or is it too late now? Like, if I make a mistake now, is it just me being an idiot? And I need to get my life together because I'm an adult now. And, you know, adult is like, it's a scary, scary concept where you, you almost, it's not glamorous to fail anymore unless, you know, you, you somehow, you know, survive it and they make a movie about you or something. But like, who's to say you're going to survive it? You know, in our heads, we think that. And I was actually, I was out, this is so not what I was intending to say, but like I was out at a bar the other night and I met this guy. I feel like that's how all my stories begin. Um, and for whatever reason, you know, it, it was past like that that hour where like, you know, you just get super freaking deep for no reason. And we were, you know, at the bar just talking about, okay, so if you're ever in the city, you know, going out, you should go to this bar called Et All. Amazing bar, like the best vibes. It's not too crowded. They don't let too many people in. So it's not like sweaty and disgusting. And it's it's more cultured and like nice. It's a little more expensive, but if you know if you know how to you know network yourself and get some free drinks, definitely go. Um, but sorry, there's some weird noise that just happened. I thought it was a ghost. Um, so we were talking, you know, just getting deep, of course. And he, for whatever reason, I really don't even know what what you know preceded this, but he was like, you know, isn't it interesting that there's you know we always hear about the people that failed and then succeeded, but there aren't any stories really about people who just flat out failed, you know, and didn't redeem themselves in any way, you know, weren't like, you know, an icon. I mean, there was always, you know, the stories of like, you know, the famous artists, you know, that that used to, you know, paint all these paintings for no one and no one bought them. I, I can't even, I mean, probably it was like Picasso, like the greats, you know, the greats who, you know, came up dry when they were alive and then post, you know, after their death, they, you know, succeeded. And obviously now their paintings are worth millions, but... 
Anyway, but do we ever really, you know, hear about the people that just flat out failed, you know, just like completely failed and there was no redeeming qualities or, you know, not, not to say redeeming qualities, but just redeeming parts of their story, you know, and maybe, you know, after I listen to this back, I'm going to be like, wait, I can think of 10 people, but like how many more stories are there of, you know, failing and succeeding? So it almost just kind of scares the living shit out of us. You know, we don't want to be one of those people that is an, a nameless, you know, no success story. You know, we all want to have Wikipedia pages with our names on, you know, on them. And we want to be someone, we want to be someone of influence, or we just want to be someone that people like. And so it almost kind of scares us away from doing things that are at all risky. And so therefore, we kind of suck the magic out of our own lives because I feel like we start you know even if we are we're trying to find you know what we think is magic in quote I'm using air quotes right now you can't see me but I'm doing it um we're almost kind of looking for it in the same places over and over again we're like a you know broken record and then we wonder you know why all of our relationships fail and why you know we're unhappy in our current you know career and are unhappy with our friendships it's because we always we're, we're still looking for magic in the same place where it burned us or where we found nothing you know or we came up dry and we we felt we just didn't feel it you know we didn't feel the magic and so we keep just looking back you know looking in the same places where we we think it is but we don't really think outside of the box because it could end up in failure and failure is the scariest thing to us right now or a lot of a lot of us you know and so you know speaking personally I think that's kind of where my magic has gone you know it's kind of just evaporated every time I think about failing and the potential of failing so that's kind of a 20 minute explanation of you know why we feel like we've lost the magic so after this little sponsor break I'm going to get into how we can reclaim the magic and, you know, reignite that spark in us and, you know, find it again. So tonight's episode of Thick and Thin is sponsored by Lola, which is a modern approach to feminine care. As you guys know, I've discussed Lola numerous times on the podcast. And basically what I love about them is threefold. Number one, they are a female founded company, which, you know, I think, you know, companies that are making feminine care products like tampons, pads, liners, and cleansing wipes and such should be female founded because they should be, you know, the understanding of what females need, you know, want and need. I absolutely love also that Lola's products are 100% natural and they're easy to feel good about. You know, there's no BS, no mystery fibers or, you know, doubts about what's actually going into your body. And the third reason is that they have sex products now, which is really exciting because, you know, I feel like oftentimes a lot of products like, you know, condoms and lube and things like that are, you know, marketed to men. And, you know, as much as you you maybe disagree, but I, I totally think that, you know, products of that nature, you know, should also be marketed, you know, to women, you know, at, at Lola, women come first and you should be empowered to make your own decisions about your sex life. And that's why Lola has a line dedicated to women focused sex products. So they deliver, you know, the sensation, the reliability that you deserve without the unnecessary irritating additives. And they're all, you know, products you can feel good about. And overall, guys, I just love that Lola products are delivered right to my front door they're well designed they're discreet the box isn't like crazy flashy and like these are tampons you know they're it's discreet it's classy it's personalized you know there's the right variety for my needs in the box and whether it be you know feminine care products or sex products you know I feel at ease when I you know order my Lola boxes because I just know that you know I have that part taken care of and it's literally at my front door you know and I don't have to just like go you know mindlessly wandering the aisles of the drugstore downstairs so <laughs> I mean I am 
lucky it's downstairs but still it just makes it so much easier okay a long day of work I just come home and it's there at my front door so yes as you guys know I do have a little deal for you guys so for 40% off of your first month subscription with Lola visit my Lola that's M Y that's M as in mango, Y-L-O-L-A dot com and enter my code, hello Katie. That's hello, K-A-T-Y when you subscribe and you can get 40% off of your first month's subscription. Thank you to Lola for sponsoring tonight's episode and let's get on with the rest of it. And so kind of going back to what I was talking about, about, you know, looking for magic in the same places and you know expecting a different result or expecting to find it in the places where you didn't find it before or you know where it's burned you before I feel like you know there's that one quote where it's like you know insanity is doing things the same way and expecting different results or something like that I think that's how it goes and I feel that way in terms of you know my search for post-grad magic and you know finding that whirlwind romance you know in New York City because I'm young and I'm in my early 20s and it's sexy and it's exciting and you know blah 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 and so I feel that way the other night you know wait this is a little mini story because I was really intending on like getting into the meat of it but I do have this that just popped in my head I have to say it so the other night I was out um that's how all my stories freaking begin maybe I should stop you know doing that and maybe I should okay whatever that's gonna get into another tangent but so we were out at this bar because my really close friend um has a boyfriend that is in a band and so we always go to his shows and then we go out and just get unreasonably intoxicated afterwards so we were at this bar and there's this guy that was there um that you know I've been seeing on and off ever since I like moved to the city and was introduced to him like early on so it's been like off and on for a while we've like been cute here and there but for the most part it's like we both kind of have this mutual understanding of like it's not going to be anything serious like I mean maybe he doesn't I definitely do because I just I don't know like he doesn't I, I mean he's a really great guy and that's just how everyone's like oh he's a really great guy but you know but it's just I don't know I can't even I can't even articulate it and put my finger on it but super nice guy and you know normally nice guy I will say um and this on this particular night you know everyone gets like in funks and just gets too drunk and things like that and he was just being very adamant about going home with me or like me going home with him and he was like oh like you know like we we could just like hang out tonight and then like you know for a few hours or something just implying that we're gonna like hook up and that's gonna be it like a transaction and I was just so pissed like I was like this is like this is not magical there is a severe lack of magic in this equation you know and I I just I left I literally left I ran out of the bar like I, I ran out as fast as I could you know, as soon as he turned his back for a second, I was gone. And I texted him and I said, you know, I'm sorry I had to go. Like, I didn't want to just, like, not say anything to him. So I said, you know, I'm sorry, I really have to go. You know, and gave, like, no real concrete explanation. And so he texted me and, you know, he said a couple, like, Katie was one of them. And then, like, something that didn't make sense, like, another one, like, syllable word that I couldn't, I still don't know what it, it was supposed to be because he was just that drunk, I think. And then he texted me, the third text was a middle finger emoji. And I will never forget that. And he has since apologized and, like, we're good, whatever. But I just remember, you know, being in the cab, you know, reading this middle finger emoji you know text and just thinking where has the magic gone for my life you know where has it gone because this sure as hell is not it 
And I know that so clearly, you know, and it's not just like him per se, but just like the, the, the boat I'm in right now is not a magical one in the relationship sense. You know, I'm, I'm looking for magic in all the places where it is literally not. And I know it's not, but I just don't know what any other way, you know, I don't know any other way. And it's, it's heartbreaking, but it's also like, it's very sobering now. I, I understand that maybe maybe the magic isn't lost. Maybe I'm just doing a shitty job at trying to find it, you know? And I'm almost like, I know in my heart that I'm looking in the wrong place. It's like when you know you you lost something like in your apartment or in your house or wherever. And you're like, I know it's not here, but like, maybe I should still check here, you know, like maybe, but like I have a really strong, like I'm walking over to this closet knowing it's not in the closet. It's probably under the bed, but like, I'm still going to look, that's like how I feel sometimes with, my romantic stuff with, you know, a lot of just like my life ambitions. And I I think it's about time I snap out of it. But I also do, I think, you know, this is a good little spot for me to say that I think we do owe ourselves a bit of credit, you know, just for getting up in the morning. And, you know, despite the fact that sometimes we feel worthless or we feel that our lives are just kind of, you know, taken by and we're like, what what the fuck are we doing? You know, like, I think it, it takes a lot of courage to stay soft in all of that, you know, to stay, to stay brave and put on our brave face, even though there's so much uncertainty. And I wrote something down that was good. It was good. It said, it's brave that we keep looking for the magic, even though sometimes we feel it's lost. So, you know, I guess I'll, I'll discuss, you know, yeah, I wrote this down. I wrote, I wrote all these things down. I wrote about the middle finger emoji. I can't wait to read this journal, you know, 10 years from now and be like, wait, we used emojis back then? <laughs> I love my journals. I think the best possible thing you can do for yourself, I, honestly, this is probably a technique in how to find your magic again. Invest in a journal. Invest in a nice pen that you're passionate about. Like, honestly, I love a good pen. I have all my favorites right here. The one I love right now is, what's this called? It is a Signo uni uniball uniball signo s-i-g-n-o it's the best pen and it like clicks like that it it goes like this is an asmr podcast now um but i think you know getting a journal writing down your thoughts writing down the most raw you know just transparent things you're thinking and feeling will it'll help you out because you can you know look back on these times and you know write down like the good the bad and the ugly you know like all the good stuff all the bad stuff because you'll look back and be like look Like, look at my life. It's a hodgepodge of everything. Because I think a lot of times, you know, the fault in not documenting your life, you know, as much in just documenting the highlights is you you remember the highlights and you kind of force yourself to forget the lowlights. So then you you think that your life is just so shitty now because you just think your life back then was all these highlights and just you don't even let yourself remember the really, really horrible things that happened. So writing down stuff in a journal is great. I highly recommend it. I just got this one journal from a bookstore down the street and it's a Japanese like hand hand woven journal, which is just so unnecessary, but I just thought it was pretty, so I got it. But yeah, I've been writing all about where the magic has gone. I think it's just in all the places you wouldn't expect it to be. And it's it's all about just, you know, doing, I mean, I will say it, you know, I, everyone says this quote, you know, by um, Eleanor Roosevelt, but just doing the things that, that scare us, you know, doing the things that scare us shitless and that, you know, make us just our stomachs kind of dip and we're like, ooh, I don't know about this. And, you know, for me recently, it's been going places 
by myself in public. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm totally fine like in a mall or like, you know, elsewhere, but like going to the gym alone, like, you know, that might be like totally a walk in the park for some people, but like I, I get nervous with my, you know, things relating to like working out alone because, you know, I just, I don't know. I like, I feel like I walk into like the gym and I'm not like the most fit there. So I'm worried people are staring at me and thinking like, oh my God, she's doing all that wrong. Like, you know, I get nervous unless I have like a person there, but I've been going alone. So that's a good step in the right direction for me and, you know, doing something that scares me and even just going out to eat by myself. You know, and I, I really just, I, one of these days, which is probably going to be soon now that I'm saying it and I'm going to feel like I have to do it, so it's probably a good thing. You know, I just want to sit like at a restaurant and order a glass of wine by myself, you know, like on the street somewhere and just sit there and, you know, not have to bring a book or not have to bring anything to make it look like I'm busy. Just sit there, like very a la Carrie Bradshaw in that one episode, you know, you know the one I'm talking about where she just like has like all these like boyfriends and like doesn't let herself herself do anything alone and she finally you know faces that fear and just sits outside by herself and soaks up the city and that's that is what I want to do you know one of these days very soon because I feel like you know when we're constantly obsessed with our you know our friends and our boyfriends and girlfriends and whatever and just you know getting so obsessed and hooked on what other people think you know it becomes this like high that we experience when you know we we want to like find the good you know the right things to say and it's like we're competing you know with just ourselves to be a better more interesting exciting person you know and we it, it kind of gets to the point where it's exhausting and I was talking to a coworker today about you know the 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 idea of, you know, being an introverted extrovert and if it's even possible, you know, to be this extroverted person, you know, and still feel like you're literally drained after spending like an hour with other people. And I think that very much describes my life and that's why I live alone, to be honest, you know, because sometimes it's just like so exhausting trying to like put on this show of acting like you are you know, have it all together. And, you know, even the moments where I'm really raw and real with my friends, I still feel like just exhausted, just exerting the energy of just being with other people sometimes, you know, and like you can have the best friends in the entire world, but sometimes you're just like, I need to go home. I need to sleep in my own bed without you uh, over my apartment. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think a lot of it goes back to just, you know, being just so unapologetically yourself no matter what. And it can be hard because we live in a society where, you know, we, we it's just so dominated by social media. And I say this every freaking episode, but it's like, it's just hard to ignore it. And it's hard to not compare yourself when it's literally staring you in the face every second you open the app. I met this guy this past weekend. I, I, he was actually a friend. I feel like I'm always just meeting guys in the podcast, but no, he's a friend of um, my, my friend Shay, who has a brother. And anyway, friend, friend, okay? And he actually deletes his Instagram app. Like, you know, he'll, he'll re-download it if he wants to look at it, but then he'll delete it so he doesn't have the temptation of just, like, you know, mindlessly scrolling all the time. So if he's, like, looking for something, he'll, like, open it, which I, I could never do that, obviously, because, like, it's my life. But I, I found that so interesting. You know, social media just dominates, and it makes us feel like we need to be a certain way. We need to, like, put on this, this show almost for our followers, you know, and... I think that it gets to the point where we feel like we're kind of we're, we're kind of overwhelmed by the tribe. I wrote down this quote from Nietzsche, and I know he's problematic, you know, of a of a guy, but I studied him in college, and he has some good stuff to say despite his crazy nut job tendencies. He said, "The individual has always tried to struggle, or always had to struggle, sorry, to keep from being overwhelmed by the tribe. If you try it, you'll be lonely often and sometimes frightened." 
but no price is too high for the privilege of owning yourself. And it's true, you know, I think, you know, there's there's some sort of, there's always kind of like a, you know, a, a whiplash that happens, you know, when we, we experience this feeling of just, you know, being with oneself, you know, there is the loneliness that creeps in, there is the, the worry that we're making the wrong choice and that we we're doing something that's just crazy and we shouldn't be, you know, making, taking this risk of just, you know, doing something that's just so unapologetically us and no one else, you know, has any say in it. And, you know, I I sometimes feel like we, we forget that we are such a big component of our own story. You know, we feel that there's so many other people involved and, you know, when we reflect on our lives, we just think about these other characters, but we forget that we've been the constant one this whole time, truly making the choices for ourselves. You know, we're truly writing the pages, you know, writing on the pages of our life. And we, we give, we give other people too much credit, I feel like, for making us into who we are. And we can't forget that, you know, we are courageous people that get up every morning even though we're stressed and even though we're tired and even though we feel sometimes that there's just no use, you know, in doing so. And because of that, you know, because we put so much power, you know, often in other people's hands to kind of dictate how we live our lives and we're, we're almost like negatively inspired by people sometimes, you know, we see how other people you know, did things. I'm always obsessed with, you know, you know, asking my coworkers and just even like reading stories about how people met their spouses. And, you know, obviously that's one key theme in my life that I'm obsessed with right now because I just can't seem to fucking get it right. So obviously that's how I obsess, you know, it's, it's what I obsess about. I mean, so, you know, I'm, I'm always asking, you know, like, oh, how did you meet so-and-so or like, where did you meet so-and-so? Like, you know, and I, I always think, that I, f- I feel like I need to like do it almost the same way or to some extent, you know, I'm going to find my magic, you know, in the same way that they found their magic. And it almost becomes this like choiceless game that we play that, you know, we feel like there's only one way to do something. And, you know, honestly, I could, I see a lot of that in my, my career right now too, you know, just me thinking that I needed to go to college for four years and then graduate and then get a job right after and literally started my job like a week after graduation. Didn't didn't even give myself a chance to like breathe basically and just started the job. And I always wonder, you know, was that the right choice? I don't know because I, I feel like it was almost like not really made for me per se because I did earn every second of it, you know, or every part of it I earned it, you know, and I really do enjoy my job. But I just always wonder, you know, what my life would be like if I didn't play by the rules, you know, and I didn't do what everyone else does. But it's so much easier said than done because, you know, at the end of the day, it's like you need to have money to make choices that are radical and crazy sometimes. Sometimes, you know, you can you can be scrappy and I always commend the people that are like that. But at the end of the day, you get nervous because, as I said earlier, you're nervous about failure because failure is so possible, you know. It's just so – it's the most possible thing. Like, you know, I, I don't want to say most – because you can, you know, I, I hear this quote, it's like, you know, if you fail, like, you know, oh, if you fail, but like, oh, darling, what if you fly, you know, and, and what if you do fly? I always think about that, you know, and I think about quitting my job every day, <laughs> not that I don't love it, but, you know, I just always, you know, entertain the idea of like, what would happen if I just quit tomorrow and did something else and, or just, you know, started writing my book that I've always wanted to write because I've always wanted to write a, a novel and it's going to happen someday, I know, and I, I'm always saying someday and, you know, what if someday never happens because I'm always just saying someday, but I, I promise you it's going to happen. I promise myself. 
it's going to happen. But, you know, I am at the end of the day, like I, I go to work and I, I leave learning something new every single day. And I feel like sometimes it takes that, you know, it takes knowing that you are getting learnings out of it to keep you going because with every every day I'm learning more I'm learning you know ways to people manage I'm learning ways to you know communicate and express myself at work and I feel like with every second of that happening I am you know prepping myself for a time where I can be the boss and I can be the person that's you know deciding the plans you know for for x y and z whatever industry I end up in and so I know that I'm like I'm you know prepping myself for that day but I think, you know, once I stop learning, once I feel like, you know, it, it's offering me nothing anymore, and if I stay, then I think that's a real big problem, you know, and that's something that I hope I never get to. But that was just kind of a ramble. I'm getting, I'm really tired, guys. It's it's 1030, and I am a grandma, so I'm like, I'm literally getting to the point in the episode where I don't even know if I'm making sense. So with that, I'm going to sign off because I'm also sweating because... It just needs, it needs to be fall. I'm ready. I'm really ready. I'm ready for fall, Katie. I feel like I'm just ready for that time, you know, maybe not for cuffing season, but you know, I digress. Anyway, so that was it for tonight's episode on magic. I think the main takeaway from this episode is that maybe, you know, you should reevaluate where you're looking for the magic in your life, in your life, in your life, and you know, who you're giving the power to in your life. You know, are you giving the power to other people and, you know, are you feeling like you need to follow, you know, their example? And is that why you feel like there's a lack of magic because you're not really making your own choices, you know? And I just want you to ask yourself those hard questions and maybe just consider that the magic might not be gone, you know, or lost. Maybe you're just looking for it in the same places where you lost it, (laughs) you know? So that is it for tonight's episode. Hope you guys enjoyed, and I will talk to you guys again very soon. Bye, guys.